Colin Horton. I'm an award-winged surveyor, part-time property investor and self-confessed entrepreneur. I believe that business is all about getting to know the people that you're dealing with and that's exactly what we're going to be doing on this podcast. We'll be having in-depth chats, asking the personal questions and ultimately getting candid. Hi guys and welcome to today's episode of Candid and today's going to be a really cool discussion because I've got Charlie P with me and it's the first time we've actually met so you're mm. actually going to get our first combo mm. and I'm excited to meet this guy he's got great energy and you look like a Disney prince mate like probably the best looking kids about in the podcast yeah, and I, that's usually my role and I feel really upset about that so um you've got beer goggles on no, I was yeah, a bit hungover today, guys. <laughs> but um, Charlie, over to you, mate. Just want to introduce yourself to everyone uh, and a bit of background to yourself, and then we'll just dive straight in. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, grateful to be here. So, a bit of a background. Um, uh, born and raised in a little village in Surrey. Uh, middle child of three. Uh, only boy. There's uh, my two sisters either side of me, and. Um, uh, yeah, predominantly had a quite a happy childhood, went in and out of different schools up until I was about 13, went through like the private system and the state school system and back in again. Uh, wasn't very academic. Uh, I was more the kind of the sporty type, but I managed to just kind of get through academia and uh, kind of get to the next stage, right? Yeah, I got through yeah. the secondary school, got through to uni, I like, just kind of ticked the boxes, but like, even that was a struggle for me. So um, yeah, I came out of uni. Um, my parents divorced when I was very young. So between the age of two or three, yep. um, that's, I mean, it was young enough to uh, not have any like um, identifiable impact at the time, right? You know, you, you yeah. grow up and that's just like the dynamic of what it is. Definitely something that rose and came to the surface and exposed itself like slightly down the line. Um, and that's something that I've been kind of like dealing with and battling and managing and growing from. Uh, probably from like my teens upwards, but that kind of was sitting kind of like beneath the skin and whilst I was just kind of cracking on with life and went to uni. Uh, my dad uh, predominantly worked in um, uh, property lending and development. Oh, cool. So uh, I saw him become quite successful in that. And so that was naturally something that was quite aspirational to me as a young kid, especially you now you, you got your you got your role models there. And that was kind of the most direct one um, at the time. So that was kind of the route, to, I guess, the route to career, right? So I went to um, I went to uni to go and study property development and planning. It was kind of a Rick's course. Came out of that um, and uh, effectively kind of, I guess at the time, didn't quite have the right uh, goals for who I truly was. I wasn't being true to myself. I think I was chasing something that I visually yep. and uh, you know, momentarily wanted. So, uh, you know, how do I get into property? Need some money. I know there's other tactics and that's something I learned down the line. So what did I do? I went and got a job in the city. And um, again, slightly fulfilling uh, kind of a fantasy that was built up where that was something that, you know, my dad would be proud of or it's the right route, right? It doesn't matter what you do, just go bring home some money. Then you can go and do your property development on the side. I had a very contrasting side to it, which was my mum's side as well. Um, so I kind of lived two worlds. My mum was all-encompassing, all-loving, all-present, you know, raised three kids pretty much by herself. Um, and she was, you know, it was all about love and and being there. And, and in fact, her, kind of her, her slight rhetoric was, you know, money, money's kind of an evil thing, right? It's not, it's not something you want it's to go really for. It really sounds bang on like my mum. Right, right. Yeah. It, and I, I don't think, I don't think she really means it, right? Um, I think she's, I don't think she really meant that that's what, but that was certainly the messages that I was getting, especially from the separation with my dad. Uh, so there was a part of me that was like 
you know, anti-wealth, anti-money. I want to be my, I want to be like my mum. I want to be like loving, supporting, and yeah. caring. And then I go and hang out with my dad. <laughs> yeah. And it was the other end of the spectrum. So my whole life, I kind of just like seesawed between the two. And I didn't know where or who I fit. And I think, I know I've come to a place now where I've actually seen the benefits of both. Yep. And it's about kind of really like how you use both benefits. So um, yeah, I went to uni, uh, went and got a, a career in finance. I did it for uh, too long. I did it for eight years, nine years. But I think about year five, you know, I, I just realized that I was in an environment that was just jeopardizing my soul. And um, I, w- I, I was taking out of it what was there, which was business acumen, you know, organization, yep. diligence, uh, and all the social and, and professional skills that you get from it. But I was there for too long. I knew I, I didn't want to be there. I was chasing money, actually. Um, and what uh, two, two things happened uh, whilst I was working in the city. One was um, with, a, with a colleague of mine that I was sitting close to, and he must have been in his mid to late 40s. And he was earning some serious cash. I'm talking like seven figures a year. And I sat next to him one day. I was about 28. And I thought... I don't know if I want to earn the money and still be here yep. like you. And that was like the one, like that was the one realization. And the second one was when I finally got a good payday, yep. right? Years of work is like, that's the goal, right? That's the happiness. Just get that big check in. And uh, it was a big check. Uh, I was probably about 29, 30 and came in on one payday, looked at it and I thought, but that was not what I was looking for. Like this, oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Makes no difference. This, the, all that for this. Even if I had another one of them or another one of them, I was like, I just did not get the buzz. I thought with having like a load of money land in your bank account. Uh, and then, uh, I, well, COVID happened, which was a blessing, um, also a curse because I went through a horrendous mental journey during that process which I would never change now for the world. And I have absolute gratitude that I went through it, but that was like the shift. Like that was the kick. All of that encompassed together. COVID had a slight family issue, um, had a work-related issue, and then I was having personal issues. And then I founded a business with my best mate. So yeah, here I am. And that's that's been my story so far. I mean, that's, you're grounded, mate. It's really nice um, to speak to someone because it's very open, which is a really lovely way to start. Because I think straight away, they'll just grab people's mm. attention because I think sometimes people are so guarded about mm. going through tough times. Mm. And I delve a little bit more back into the, the parental side of things. Mm. So um, your mum, it sounds a little bit like my mum. She's yeah. very anti-money. Like mum and dad's up when I was young. Uh, my dad was actually a bus driver, so not quite as exciting. But mm. it was she, it was never once like, you don't need to keep pushing yourself, Carl. just be content mm. with what you have. How have you kind of, so when you were with, say, your, your, your dad circle in that world, mm. did you find it hard? To, when, at what point was it when you started to find it difficult to, that that was, was there a moment that you were like, because obviously money's great and that, a, lot, mm. a lot of people listen to this, a very money-driven mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. And to hear someone like you saying, do you know what, that actually wasn't what made me mm. happy. What, what was the point that you kind of realised that? Do you know, I, a good question. I'd I'd like to firstly say that what I've learned is it's not what you have, right? And it's it's why you you have it and how you have it. So to your listeners, as you just said, aspire one hundred percent, absolutely go for it, but don't do it in a way that jeopardizes yourself or others around you, right? 
So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing, and I think the most, I think the thing that highlights where I started to feel utterly disconnected from the attachment of, you know, that, that kind of a lifestyle was maybe the, the loss of connection, human connection, like emotional connection, spiritual connection. Was that a sacrifice you had to make to have those kind of things? Yep. Like, right? Does it come as part of the part, but like part and parcel? And if so, I'm not sure I'm there because I'm really open, emotional, some quite needy, insecure guy, right? So I think that was like, ultimately what drove it to, for me is I chased that, uh, that, that vision, that, that, that dream and those things from the age of probably, I'm gonna say like 18 to 27. And within that time frame, I started to lose so much sight of myself and I just didn't know why, but I could listen to the way that I was talking, right? It was different to everyone else. Everyone else, and I've got such a great group of friends around me, but all our friends from school, you know, all the guys and girls from my year at school, we're all such a close bunch. Like they are good people, but I knew that I was being different. Um, and at about 27 years old, uh, I just cracked mentally. I, I caved in on myself and I couldn't figure it out. And I remember going to a party and the way, the way I was thinking and the way I was feeling was one thing, but then I was so aware of the way I was speaking to people around me. And, and at the time, a girlfriend that I had at the time, I just remember just the way I was talking. I was like, you are not right. You, you know, that you're being passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. uh, you're being narcissistic. Like what is, that's not you. That's not the Charlie that was up until like 18 years yeah. old. And I remember, she, she, we were going to a work party at my company's work party and she was coming with me as a guest, right? And, you know, I, I got home from somewhere and I kind of got suited and booted and she wasn't there. And she kind of, she came through the front door 10 minutes late. And she goes, I'm really sorry. I was getting my hair blow dried. She looked stunning. Blue dress, blow dried hair. She put in so much effort to come to my work party. And I looked at her in disgust. I said, you're late. We're talking 10 minutes, right? I said, you're late. And, and, and I couldn't get, out that, get that out of my head. And I remember getting the tube from uh, from Fulham at the time all the way to the city and I just wouldn't talk to her. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I can't I, imagine you doing that. Right? I was holding, yeah. the, I remember holding the rail and thinking, why are you thinking like this? Like, why are you being that way? It makes no sense. You're, what do you think? And then I was like, well, it's disrespectful. Is it disrespectful? Like, and, and all these, th and the fact that I was having this conversation in my head was, I guess, um, uh, in hindsight, actually quite a good thing because I got to this party and there was a guy there who was the company's like, like personal trainer for the employees but he was also like an ex-monk buddha oh, really? type, type person yeah and he, he walked i said hello to him at the, per at the party and he said you're right and i said i'm not good and they're like that was the first day where i started to go on this like journey of finding myself introspectiveness and uh yeah just you've got to have humility in it as well you've got to say put your hands up and say this isn't good i'm not good yeah, well, right. done, well done, mate, because I think, talking to you, you had the job, which I always wanted to do when I was younger, like to work in finance mm. and work, was it, was it banking you are in? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, down another path, I would have gone and, you know, um, so it's really interesting to hear you talk mm. about. Is it because there's this uh, image of finance, finance mm. bros, as everyone calls them, yeah, you know, yeah. the little G-lays and the little rafter and zip and all that stuff. Um did you find that because, you know, you would have been earning well at your age compared to the 99% of the population at the time, mm -hmm. that it was almost embedding in you a, 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 like an overconfidence, which perhaps 
where because you, you're like I'm inherently insecure and mm. you touch on the insecurity mm. and sometimes you get this overconfidence which seems to like sit on top of that insecurity so you end up becoming a bit of a Twat. Yeah, 100%. And I've, been, I've done that. Yeah, well, put, you, put myself on the pedestal because I thought I was better than what I was. Absolutely. you gotta, you got to remind yourself that you're going to fit into the environment you, you put yourself in. Very close environment of people around you, you're going to slowly turn into whether yep. you like it or not. And that's effectively what happens, these type of characters that go into the city. Some of them are great, by the way. I've got some best mates that have come out of the city mm. because they've, they're true, they're humble, they're loyal, they're grounded, right? And But the, the I guess the... Yeah, I would say the majority of are all in there for the wrong reasons. Yeah, and you start working with those people, you got to start becoming those people for, you know, protection, self defense. Yeah, of course you do. And also because it's doggy dog. Yeah. So I remember the first the first few uh, months it might have been like three to six months in. I remember this uh, this one guy who actually turned out to be one of my closest mates at the time, but he like took a, he took basically a, a, about to be a signed client, like yeah, out like out of my um, prospect list and closed it. And I was like, how, I was like, how could you do that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm a person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dog eat dog. Learn. Oof. First, like you know, your first skin toughens up. First layer of skin toughens up, and then you just slowly build up more yeah. layers of tough skin to the point where you kind of almost don't recognize yourself anymore. Um, and let's be honest, that really does come out with you, right? So like, you don't. That doesn't leave the office. You're going to go home, maybe a slightly different. But I do remember like feeling resistance to it, right? So they, they will talk about the things they got up to on the weekends or they, they'll talk about the things that they do in the week and it would go against all my morals and integrities. So I, and I, that's when I started realizing I, like, I don't want to talk yeah. to you because you're doing things that I yeah. would never do, right? Or I would never want to do. And I've had a similar conversation with another, uh, actually my brother-in-law that works in finance and he kind of has the same thing. It's like, it's a great place to work. There's, there's opportunity and you can learn so much, but you've got to remember who you're working with and you've got to be very conscious of that. So yeah, yeah that's kind of where... It all kind of kicked off in terms of like no, noticing things. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair play for walking away from from mm. that and starting up your own thing, mm. which I'd love to hear more about. So I've done yeah. a bit of research before I came on. Mm. Um, but yeah, do you want to tell me a bit about it and tell everyone about it? Because I'm, I love anyone that's prepared to follow a dream and to sacrifice. I, I, they have my utmost respect. Oh, and thanks. I think we all need to yeah. like stick together in these worlds because it's fucking hard and no one ever talks about how fucking hard it is to have a business and sleepless nights and yeah and along with everything else that happens to you personally outside of running a business right so there's kind of the two jobs there yourself and then there's the and then there's the business um so i knew quite quickly into working that i i didn't feel like i was meant to be working for someone i was meant to be working like with people mm-hmm. um and um it, that was under, that was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be doing. I'm not supposed to be like confined into this construct that's been built by someone that's trying to live out a dream of their own, etc. Um, my my best friend uh, who I met when I was 12 at school, 12, 13. We went to school together. We went to uni together. We travelled the world together. We like lived together. Now we work together. We've always kind of like we always bat ideas around, um, but this particular project that we launched um uh back in early 2021 uh it's it's an app called beacon it's spelled b-e-c-o-n beacon and uh it's the world's first fully automated personal safety platform so it's a really quick and simple way to add a digital layer of safety to um you know all your active journeys and and your and and your hobbies and activities like walking jogging running cycling uh, it, 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 I mean, there was a lot of high-profile cases in the UK in 2021, yep. right? We, and, we, and we know about that. But it didn't start there. 
it, I've had st stories from uh, my teens. Uh, uh, personally, I, I, we had a family friend um, and he was only about 19 years old. And uh, he, unfortunately, he uh, fell off a cliff in the Alps. Right? Um, and he didn't get found for three days. Uh, and, when, and when they found him, he wasn't alive. So that, that, it's always that, that has been something that's pondered on my mind. Like, why, why didn't we know where this person was sooner? And as stories kind of moved on, uh, Chris himself, my business partner and, and, and best mate, he um, he's he's had like accidents on his on his bike on the roads. I don't know why, but the poor guy gets mugged all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's so friendly and approachable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's so nice, like he's a target. But that happened a few times, and and and, and there's been stories um, of of people having accidents and emergencies and and have gone missing. But 2021, I think, was a, a, you know a, a real um, uh, th that was a that was a headline heavy like period of time, and yeah. and it really brought a lot of conversation to the surface. So I have uh, three sisters. I was about to get. Are you the oldest? No, I'm the middle. So the middle. Was, yes. So I've got three full sisters and I've got uh, two half sisters. Another story. Um, and uh, and and, I, and when the, these kind of cases came out, I, I was just lying in bed one night and it got to about one one thirty in the morning. And it was a Tuesday and I had work the next day, but I was just like, "This is how am I going to help my my sisters if they're ever in trouble?" And it wasn't just in like you know assault or attack. It was also like accident and emergency. I was like, "Why are we living in a world where?" I just don't know where someone is when when yeah. something's happened to them. So I, I went downstairs to my to my dining table and I just wrote out a load of things on a piece of paper, which ended up being the initial construct of this oh, really? of this app. Yeah, oh. it's like I was like, I, I tell you what it was that triggered me to stay awake all night was was a post where um, somebody said, "Oh, if you're ever in trouble or in danger, tap your iPhone five times." I just sat in bed and I was just like, yeah, tap my iPhone five times. I was like, but if someone grabbed me, like, would I be able to tap my iPhone? And that, that, that story kept going on in my head. So I came up with this idea um, where, you know, you can have a, uh, an app or, uh, yeah, a personal safety platform on your phone where if you're going to go for a walk to, your, to the office or you're going to walk to your closest station or to a bar or a pub, you can just tap and put the phone back in your pocket. And once you get there, it automatically turns off. But if you go off route by too far or if you stop for too long um, or if your speed significantly increases um, or if your phone gets disconnected like broken or smashed then the phone will detect any of that those irregularities um, if you've gone off route or stopped moving or gone too fast it will check on check in on you with a, a timed and a secure notification so be like yeah. hey you've stopped moving everything okay if you don't confirm that within the time frame that you can set and personalize um, your key contacts will get a, a, an SMS with your like details within, within a few minutes so you know, there's, I mean, you, there's cases whereby people, um, if, if if somebody's not found in the first seventy two hours, that's yeah. that, that's the critical that's the critical phase, um, and sometimes it can be days, weeks, months, or or longer, and we we've brought that down to a few minutes. So that, that doesn't need to. I oh, think yeah. it's really good, mate. It's really, really especially what I mean. Recent news as well, mm. stuff that's happening. We like, I lost. Um, I didn't say like one of my best friend's sisters got um, killed. Um, couple of years ago on traveling and it was uh I, they couldn't find for ages yeah sorry uh, that's, no, it's, it's it's awful but something like that it's it's quite close to my heart like yeah. what you're doing so and i'm, I'm no other brother so i've got two sisters so right, I, know, right. I know what it's like yeah yeah that, like yeah so it's, how's, it, how's it so how has it been now so how what's well, how what's have you got it is it all life working have you got that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um it's okay so the journey was it came up with the idea in 2021 i actually i got i got furloughed in lockdown 
which is it was a story to come on to because that sent me down a bit of a spiral. Um, I came up with the idea in 2021 and we launched it at the end of 2021. We bootstrapped the first round of investment from friends and family and that kind of got the app. We got some app developers on board um, who actually ended up investing in it as well, nice. uh, which was great. And we kind of kicked off development until 2021 and we launched, you know, effectively at like the MVP, right? Version one, it was free. We really wanted to go test it with users and get some feedback and see where the, see kind of where the users were based and what they were doing and what they're using it for. So we've been doing that for the whole of 2022 and now coming into 2023. But um, you're hearing it here first that we are going to be launching a premium version of the app. Um, which is going to come with um, even more uses and benefits to, to the user to go and use it for you know, running, cycling, nice. horse riding, scooting, anything. They can customize and personalize the app to whatever it is, the activity that they want to do. And they can also kind of adjust the settings. So, for example, if they know that they like to go off route by 100 meters, not by 20, then they can kind of change the parameters that the app will alert them before alerting their key contacts. So, yeah, it's, we're excited. The feedback from the app over the last 12 months has been phenomenal. And it's also come, in, come from places that we didn't expect. So, you know, initially the, the app had its kind of um, initial intentions and and what we thought would be useful the most. But we've been really blessed and surprised to, to hear that we've had people that um, have had heart conditions or um, have had brain aneurysms and they haven't been my, able to... My mum would love it, mate. Right, she'd love something like that. She gets scared like walking up to the shops and like, yeah, abroad. Yeah, just, she would literally like if I haven't texted her for three hours. Yeah, she's like, "Where are you, darling? You haven't texted me." I'm so this like, is this going back to the, talking about the emotional side of it. Statistically speaking, your mum's fine. But yeah. statistically speaking, on stats, we're all f- going to be okay walking mm. to and from somewhere. But what where the the highest statistic lies is how we feel doing something. Yeah, right. So. In, in the UK, more than 80% of women feel or, or feel unsafe when walking alone after dark. And, and men, it's 40%. That's, that's a lot of the time. And where we have, um, I guess, uh, where, the, where the products really help the most is actually reducing that number and that feeling, right? So we, we, we get feedback where people say, I'm just more confident and I'm more happy using your app. Great. That, that's helped that yeah. bit. And the next bit is if anything untoward happens to you, and it could be health, emergency, accident, or attack or assault, you know, you're also going to be given, you know, they've got the best tool for the, the right information to be given to the right people in, in its instance. So, um, yeah, and we've had people that have emailed in saying, you know, I haven't, I haven't gone for a walk for years because I, I had a heart attack on a walk and I haven't, I've been too scared to go on my own, but now I've got your app, I can go for a walk again. Um, we've had... Uh, uh, someone from South Africa, we've had people from South Africa say, I don't walk around Joburg. You know, my husband doesn't let me. But since I've had your app, he's comfortable with me going out for a walk again. So suddenly the use case, the use cases went wider than we we thought. Um, and we've been adapting the product to kind of to see. I'm guessing like you can get partnerships with some of the big institutions. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like well, absolutely. NHS or something. I don't no, know. Yeah, no, you're not you're not you're not wrong. Partnerships is, is gonna be um a, a really a really core thing for us to work with in terms of both uh, sticking to our company, company values, and we're very inclusive. We, we, we don't, um, we're not gender specific. We don't victimize any particular type of demographic to use this tool. This is, this is open for everyone, and that comes across mm-hmm. very, very clearly. Um, and, uh, and, and, and where that fits is that kind of gives it ad- um, adoption for anyone and everyone. So you could talk about businesses or, 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 or partnerships with, with organizations. Um, they they can offer it as a as a wellbeing product, a digital wellbeing product to their staff or their community. So much stuff. So their community. So much stuff. Well, okay, interesting question now. Yeah. So, 
going back to what you're saying about the big bonus in mm. you, when you got it and it just didn't fulfill you. Mm. Okay, you're building an app which is a business. Mm. Fundamentally, what happens to apps is they get bought. Mm. What happens then? That's a good question. I think about that a lot. And this is a conversation I have with my other half. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 20 million quid. I she's, like, <laughs> she's like, when's it coming in? I was like, well, when it does, half of it's going to charity. <laughs> she says that. Uh, well, she shuts the door. She yeah. comes back in about 10 minutes later. No, I, I, I think what I've learned with um, the new pursuit for... Um, I don't know what might potentially be success mm. or wealth in professional success, at least, uh, is that I will then be in a position to do more of what I think is right for others and for the planet and, and to kind of fulfill that I can give more. Right. So, so like a philanthropy. Like that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I certainly wouldn't want to try and carve out some, um, uh, I don't want to be kind of any, become famous or anything like that. I'd, I'd, I'd like, I'd probably rather do things under under the radar. But yeah, certainly, I think there's a there's a, a moral duty as a, as a human to, you know, effectively help and 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 give back, right? And and the science shows that if you want you know true happiness, give, give back, back, give back. Right? It's you're happiest, isn't it? Like, right. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it is. It is. Or or at least when you're you, you feel most um you have most joy, right? Because happiness comes and goes, and it's a funny thing to chase happiness, and it's something I've always dealt with. And I think it was Matt McConaughey said it in a speech once: "Don't chase happiness." Because if you're chasing that, I saw that. that was bloody good speech. That, that, that was <laughs> best forty-four minutes of my life. That was really bloody good. <laughs> if you want therapy, just watch just that. Watch that. <laughs> and, it, and it's so true because if you are chasing happiness or you're, you're, you're kind of overexcited with the um, in a moment of being happy, you know, there's only going to be unhappiness around the corner because that's life. Yeah. Right. But you have joy in it. And anyways, giving and gifting and 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 supporting and, and nurturing, um, especially in a, in a financial sense, I guess at some point will bring absolute meaning and joy. So. Yeah, uh, that's. I guess that's how I'm not going to give all of it away. No, no. <laughs> but, but by all means. But I, uh, you're right. There's, um, you know, what what happens when you come into a load of money? Well, I think if you're unprepared, yeah, it will really expose who you really are. But if you do some, and I, this is why, and I'm 35 years old. I don't know if we 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 said that before. I am really grateful that it might have taken me a bit longer to find, you know, who I am and 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 my moral compass and my integrities and my values, um, and myself. I'm really glad it's happened before anything happened before, like a big capital event or you sold yeah. a business or any success or fame, because that could have led me down a road of like hell, death or suicide or whatever it might yeah. be. So, yeah. So let's touch on that then. So um, I've briefly spoke off camera before it came on just about like, let's mm. go into it. Let's just delve deep into everything. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, bit of a dark question, mate, but I'm going to ask it. What has been the lowest point of your life? Sorry, man, that's a really deep question for the first time. No, that's a, it's a good question. I, the, the, the lowest point of my life was um, was a moment in 2020. Yeah, um, it it was the the world. It felt like the world beneath my feet, and all, and all the foundations that had me standing up, like both professionally and personally, just got pulled from under my feet, like rock bottom. Um, had a bit of a family dispute, which was, it was a concoction of perhaps something I did, right? Um, innocently. Um, but then the reaction to, you know, some family members to that situation, which just kind of like really pulled the family, like broke the family apart. And I would say that I take responsibility in that, in that the actions that some of my family members took weren't right, 
but the way I reacted to it also wasn't right, right? So there's a kind of psychological, you know, issue there. That, Are you still City Boy Charlie at this point? Uh, no, so this is, this is, okay, so let me just take, let's go back a few months before that. I had been furloughed by the bit by the company that I was working for, right? So I'd worked for this company for for, for a few years. I'd, I'd I'd been I'd done quite well there. I'd done um, I'd done what they asked me to do and more. And I was loyal and I worked hard. I showed up every day. And furlough happened, and they tried to, or at least the person, the, my manager, tried to fire me under the radar so that he could. The, the only explanation is he could take my clients, mm. right? So I came in. He, I think he was, I think he had something against me from day one, to be honest. Um, and then I ended up building quite a bit of money, making some money, and I got furloughed. And uh, he tr- he tried to he tried to fire me without the directors knowing. And I won't go into the details, but suddenly um, I was not working, and I, I felt like I'd just been stabbed in the back. So that was like the first that was the first dagger that came in that I felt right, and that that's on me that I perceived it that way. Um, and then then at that time, I then have this family dispute as well. And I then spent lockdown um, pretty much alone, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pretty much alone. And that's where the demons came out. Yep. Right? So there there is no, there was no way to really go any other other route during that process. I, I, I feel like you couldn't see your friends. You know, you couldn't do your hobbies and activities. You couldn't socialize. Um, wasn't speaking to my family, and um, and this is kind of going into twenty twenty one now, um, and yeah, I, I think I think all the dark the dark demons kind of came through, which uh, I wouldn't change. By the way, I would absolutely wouldn't change it for the world. Move into twenty twenty one, and matters haven't haven't got any better, and it's the the dark thoughts. Wow, I mean. They just grow and grow and grow. They get louder and louder and they get more and more convincing. And by this point into early 2021, I'd gone back to work to the place that had just kind of like stabbed me in the back. You know, I could have walked away from it, but I wanted to like show face. I wanted to get in front of them and say, I don't know what you just did. I'm not accepting, but I want you to know that I can stand up and face you directly. But I remember sitting at the desk one day and I'm still not speaking to my family. Like they're my family as well. It's like my mom and my sisters, like we, we, you know, that was us. We had no, our father, my dad wasn't around as a, as a, as a kid. So really that we were like a little unit, like me and my sisters and my mom until, um, and, 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 and it was just, they, they disappeared. Right. Um, and I just, I just looked around and I was like, I, if no one else wants me, I don't want myself right now. And I remember sitting in work and I was looking out the window and I'd realized that for the last, it had just gone past lunch and I'd realized since the day, second I walked in, I was thinking about just not being around. Uh, I, it, and that went on and on and on. Did it get worse? And did no get, one, did it get darker and darker? It, it, I, mean, it, I mean, okay. So I don't know how much worse it could have got before someone, before something, I would have done something, but I, mean, I, I prepared everything by this point. I mean, I'd written letters to each, oh, one, wow, each really? one of my family members. Yeah. And, and how to, was that? And to my mate. I it, always wondered what that's like to write. It's weird. It's so strange. Is, uh, it, but is I, it like a freedom of such, write the letters, or was it? I think it was more of an explanation. Explanation? Yeah. There was, no, was there blame passed on the letters? Uh, no. No, no. No, 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 not at all. It was just an explanation. And I really started putting my affairs in order. And that's, and I wasn't scared by that at all. It was, there was no other route out. I, I honestly, I couldn't have felt 
any more on my own in the dark room and no one knew I was going through this on my own. Um, and then once that, that was done and I sorted some other things out at home, where I was like, I need to like make it easy for them at least. Like, you know, here's all the details you need for that. And here's all the things you need for that. Um, and then you kind of start thinking, okay, but when and how, and, and that was like, it was really like when and how, like, let's make this easy. Let's make this clean. Let's make this quick. It's not cause a fuss. Let's just get this over and done with. Cause it's the only route. And it was my best mate and business partner, Chris, even though I didn't say anything, and this really comes down to maybe where this conversation will go about, you know, why men's health is, can get to where he is. He must've picked up on the cues cause he knows me. And he just, he started putting in so much time and care and I'll never, I'll never, I'll never ever be able to repay him. But he was just being more attentive and he was asking me questions and he was taking me for walks and he, what he wasn't, we weren't, I wasn't addressing really what was going on in my head, but maybe I think maybe he kind of knew anyways. And then, then, uh, God, it got close. Like it really got close. And, but. I can't remember how or what happened because at the time, your life, you're just not even processing anything. You're not taking anything on board. But my mum turned up at my door and I can't remember if it's because I texted her something suggestive or whether someone else had reached out to my mum. She 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 actually turned up at my door. Uh, this is early 2021. And I, I had nothing to lose. I blurted everything out, okay. all of the emotions, all of my thoughts. And also I, I was so honest about like my past self as well, just to kind of give her some context as to why her, you know, her only perfect son, it's not so perfect yeah. and how it's got here. And how, um, and how's that for her? Oh, I'll tell you what, if there's one thing that we should do as men, it is talk because it's liberating. Like it is liberating to lift your weights that you've put on your shoulders. No one else is, mm. okay, the, you could argue there's some kind of like genetic construct and there's some societal construct to have some kind of burden to, to kind of carry and work through in life as a, as, as a male. And we can come onto that as well, or as a man. Um, but just to like, for the first time, and I'm quite a closed, I'm quite a secretive guy. I'm open in terms of thoughts, feelings, and emotions, mm. but I'm secretive in, in terms of like anything that I think I've done is bad or said is bad and et cetera, et cetera. And it just, for the first time in my life, I let it all out in front of my mum. I don't know how she was, how long she was there for, but I just, I just remember I was going on and on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just open this box, <laughs> um, and that was step one. Um, and then I found some methods uh, and practices uh, through various like stages of my life. In, in recently, just before that, and during that time, that I started putting into practice. And really, the journey then from then kind of started for, um, yeah, for 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 healing and growth. I think. Mate, honestly, it's so refreshing to like just looking at you and hearing your, you. You look like the perfect person to speak about this, really, because mm. for all intents and purposes, you're what kind of young lads would want to grow up to be like. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You know, you're charming, you're intelligent, you know, you're tall, good looking, you look after yourself, you had a great job, mm. yet you're still suffering. And it's, it's, it's such, like, it sounds weird, but it's such a wonderful thing to hear someone be so open about it because there are people out there that would look at guys mm. like you and just assume that everything's like absolutely fine. Well, I've got a, I've got an interesting story with that. And this took me back by surprise. I was on a stag do, one of my best mates from uni, uh, stag, stag do's in London. And he had his friend who I'd met a few times from um, some introductions, but he was, uh, we were walking from one bar to the next. And he, 
he, I'd met him a few times, but he didn't seem right. And I said, I was like, you all right? And he was like, yeah, you know, I've just, um, I've got these, I've got these things and I'm just dealing with some stuff right now. And I looked at him and I just, I completely understand. I've been there. And I started giving him some experience and, and some and some advice about my experience. And he goes, you've had mental health issues. You just don't like, you just don't come across like the guy that would have anything mm-hmm. wrong with him all the time. Because I will always smile and yeah. I will always give on to others. And I, I'll always help fill up other people's cups. And I've noticed this is a bit of a trace of mine. I was always kind of like trying to help and fix other people's problems all the time. And like give, 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 give. I was just deflecting from like dealing with my own issues. Um, and you know it all comes it all come to surface in one way, shape, or form, and it did. Hi, candid listeners, Charlie here. You'll have heard me chat with Colin about my company Beacon and our smart safety app. If you walk, run, or cycle, or know friends or family who do, then go download and please spread the word because Beacon is literally a lifesaver. When used for a journey or activity, the app will monitor your device and is able to automatically detect if you need assistance and raises the alarm if necessary. It doesn't matter if you're incapacitated, unconscious, or in a situation where you're separated from your phone, Beacon alerts your key contact and lets them know vital information to aid with your rescue. Check us out at beacontheapp.com. I work for a charity where I mentor a young boy in foster care. Oh, cool. So my mom, my mom was fostered, so uh, right. it's quite close to my. That's quite close to my heart. That's okay. something I'd love to do actually in the future. Yeah, I, it was something that so I, I thought about it um, in my in my twenties. I met a, a guy that worked um, for a charity where he mentored a, a young boy, and and I thought that's amazing. Like that, I definitely would want to give something back into the community, especially in that you know kids deserve every opportunity, every chance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in lockdown, I was having a walk with a friend and, and they mentioned this, this other charity called Action for Children, um, signed up, went through the process and, um, very quickly after, um, getting signed up with them, I got, um, uh, I got matched with a, uh, 13 year old boy who's in, in care up in, uh, yeah, just outside, outside of North London. And that has been, I think if anyone's struggling to find themselves, um, there's, I can't explain the, uh, the experience and the growth that you get from helping someone else. Right. And it's, 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 it's weirdly sounds selfish. Like it weirdly yeah. sounds selfish to like, to accept the benefits you're getting from helping other people. Um, but that, that's just been, that's just been a, like a phenomenal journey to, to help steer and guide someone else who I potentially maybe wish I had when I was younger, yeah. right? So, um, how, does it, how does it work then? Because that's, I mean, it sounds, it sounds great, actually. I'm going to follow this up after. after yeah. the how, does, how does it work then? So you, do you have weekly calls or do you have to, I mean, I guess there's so many security kind of uh, yeah, so you have to go through. To yeah, there's, um, God, there's a bit of a training process and then you go through a panel interview just to make sure that, um, yeah, you know, you're kind of like fit for it because effectively you're going to be assigned to a young person between the age of, I think it's eight to 11 or 13, whatever it might be. And you're going to be their mentor until they leave care at 18. And it's a commitment. And they really put you through kind of the work to to make sure that you are serious and and you can and you can take this on and you will and, and you, you could, they don't want another person in their life that's gonna you know they give don't. up on them and walk yeah, away. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then I got matched with this with this um, with this young this young lad. He's phenomenal. He's so intelligent, and his emotional 
consciousness and development that he has and intelligence over the last three years. He's now 16, so I've been doing it for three years. And I'll be, I know I count down the months I've got left with him, unfortunately, because at 18, oh. he'll be on his route. And I just, I said to him the other day, I was like, if I've got 18 more visits with you, I see him once a month. You, go, actually go, you actually physically go and see him? Physically go see him. Oh, cool. Time. Yeah, we chat on WhatsApp. He's yeah. got his, I, yeah, you can, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, can, yeah. you can WhatsApp him and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's a 16 year old lad. He's got his he questions. Give him some advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny that actually giving advice, it's, I guess this is something you learn as a parent, but I guess I'm kind of getting some mm. like little, um, I'm kind of getting pre parenting yeah. uh, experience which is I try not to say anything that would um, stop him from having life challenges and growing himself. So you need uh, to make those mistakes in you, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you, so you, the, the, there's two ways to say it. One is that you say, well, from my experience, right? Mm-hmm. And then that kind of leaves it open for them to decide how they want to do it. Or you just say, well, you know, have you thought about the consequence of this, that, and the other? Just leave them. To, you've got to let, you know, let them do this thing. But he's grown into an amazing, like, young man. I'm so proud of him. So, um yeah, but it's it's funny. I think my mum said this once. She goes, "There's a reason why you're doing this." And I can't remember the context exactly. And now, kind of talking with you a little bit, but I, I don't think I know this is because I didn't have maybe that mentor that I wanted as a yeah. kid um, at all. To be honest, um, yeah, mentors are very. I crave. I've got daddy issues. I'm like a. Yeah. I have real bad daddy issues, mm. and I. But that's around, but not. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I'm going to it, but it's around but not. And um, when I, f- I latch on to older guys, you know, which sounds a bit weird, but I latch on to them <laughs> and like almost like... I'm older than you. Yeah. <laughs> I just hit my dad. <laughs> That's like, I latch on to him, man. For me, I crave yeah. that as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, because I've never had that guidance of masculinity, which I want to come on to now, which yeah, is yeah. that like... I'm property, so mm. half the people are twats. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's awful. I mean, the misogyny... Mm the lack of ethics and morals it's, mm-hmm. it's bad like I mean he probably puts the city guys to really? give them a run for their money I think it's probably it's all money isn't it? it's all ego right. ego 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 and you I know you said you, you listened to the last podcast where I was chatting to James mm. about kind of masculinity and mm. how we're through social media mm. we are directed to be strong mm-hmm. successful mm-hmm. good looking mm-hmm. go to the gym and if you're not that you're not a man. And that's what social media kind of makes you believe. And I'm a big believer because it was really nice what you were saying earlier, just how we should be brought up to be, you know, the role models in our life should be the good people, the mm-hmm. people that are giving mm-hmm. back to society that actually have decent more. But you won't, you won't see that anyway because it just doesn't, suit, well, it doesn't really suit the narrative of what the, the media or, or the algorithm seem to want to well, portray. Yeah. Well, I don't see it anyway. Should we go down this topic? Should we go down it? Let's go for Let's it. Let's go yeah. down this topic. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's a masculinity crisis right now, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you were, you know, it's all about role models. Yep. It's all about role models. If you were born in the '80s, you would be looking up to the Schwarzeneggers, the, you know, the Stallones, and like yeah. that kind of male, that that male stature. Um, and you know, now, like you said, you're going to be fed, you know, your social diet that you've effectively created the algorithm yeah. for yourself, anyways. But. That, that there's that, that can come through, and we can all talk about one particular person in particular. That's yep. that's become a, 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 a phenomenon in its own right for all the wrong reasons. Now, I think about this a lot, and this is so interesting because we're going to go into it. Uh, masculinity and, and femininity was was I guess in the past a genetic construct, right? It was quite clear the man's role was a man's role, and the woman's mm-hmm. role was a woman's role. Um, and over time, um, they are now, it's, it's a social, it can be seen as a social construct, 
But like all constructs, masculine, masculinity can be um, imagined, reimagined, reinvented in, in all its forms. Yeah. And masculinity in, in itself isn't toxic, right? There are some wonderful um, traditional masculinity traits that are, are, are quite lovely and they're appreciated as well. It's only when it becomes extreme that it becomes toxic, Agreed. right? And we, and we can go down that route. But we need to like reset, I think, our, our, our perception of masculinity. It's not just about prestige, power, and privilege, right? Although that's still yep. predominantly there. But there are strengths in the vulnerability, the vulnerability and um, like the inclusivity side of, of, of what is now what I would call modern masculinity. And, you know, men need to open their hearts and, 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 and improve their emotional strengths. They need to teach this to their, their, their sons and their daughters and have more open relationships. And it benefits everyone in society. It's liberating. Like, but it is confusing because you're going to get seen, you're going to see strong, rich, successful, fast-talking men, mm -hmm. you know, ex-fighters, you know, got all the chat, got all the talk, got all the money. And that those type of people are strong, they're certain, they're they're powerful. But at the same time, we're kind of taught to be vulnerable, uncertain, unsure, and, and, and everything in between. And it is so confusing. And it and it's and it's and it's okay to be confused. Even though. I'm confused. Like, yeah. um, I was brought up, my mum was a very straight Roman Catholic. So mm -hmm. I was what, very traditionalist views about mm -hmm. a man is the provider, mm -hmm. looks after the, the wife. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll always have that in my back. I'll always be the guy that pays. Like, I don't know. I'm always in the offer to pay for dinner, whatever mm -hmm. happens. It's all, it'll always be built in me. And I always feel, for some reason, yeah. I feel uncomfortable when my yeah. girlfriend wants to pay for me. And that is my own insecurities, perhaps. But mm -hmm. I'll open the door. I'll always offer to lift something up or mm -hmm. carry a suitcase down the stairs. But sometimes I'm thinking, oh, should I be doing that? Is that offensive now? Like, it's like, because it's almost a narrative, a very small narrative, but it's a narrative that gets a lot of traction. Uh, yeah. That that's outdated and toxic. It's not fucking it, toxic, but yeah. it's hard because, like, it's hard to be a gen. Is a gentleman even a thing anymore? Could I even say that? Like, uh, gentle day after like, Sam Smith, you know? So, like, it's all... And you've got guys like Sam Smith around who's completely warps everything. Yeah. It's just a very confusing time for young lads and girls. Totally. 100%. And and the, the thing is with, um, like, uh, extreme masculinity or a narrative of it, right? So let's, let's just talk this. Andrew, Andrew, we can say it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah let's talk about it, yeah. <laughs> it's like Voldemort and Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> don't say it. Um, is that he... How he's become where he where where he got to or is depends on where it goes is he the, he he talked some truth like enough truth for young boys and men to latch on and associate something right so he will say you know get off the sofa go work out go get a job mm. be stronger be smarter be better that's fairly true yeah on a, in a on a genetic yeah. sense right and and also in a social sense. Where it goes to extremes, I, f I feel, with Andrew Tate is he then explains it in a way that it doesn't matter whether an explanation is right or wrong. It creates a narrative for these young boys to latch on yep. which to, to the biological feeling that he's kind of pressing with a narrative. And that's the narrative that is utter toxic. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, go and be all those, those things as a man. Oh, but be controlling, be yeah. dominant go and make women do things online that they don't want to do. From, and that's where it goes too far, right? 
and and probably he he says enough truth at the start for for boys to latch on and 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 create a narrative with. I him. mean, the guy's smart, like, and yeah. we we're intelligent enough to know that he says a lot of the things. Mm. I don't necessarily know if he believes everything he says. He doesn't does it himself. I think he yeah. does it because he's a he's a fucking genius. The geezer. He's, yeah. All these young lads subscribing to his Hustle yeah. University yeah, yeah. because he's controversial. Being controversial yeah. gets you viral. Goes right. viral. Everyone's like. Why, why is everyone stringing this guy out with these young lads? And thirteen-year-old uh, Cole would probably have been the same. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have been the same. I, I'm, I wouldn't be getting a harem of women fine about me. Why wouldn't I have thirteen? Right. right, exactly. And and I think why I I would say why wouldn't you? Because maybe there would there wasn't a role model to tell you otherwise. Was, I think I was, who was my role model at the time? It would have been Beckham. I think growing up. Was yeah, that's a good question. I don't even know. We're the same age. I'm thirty-four. So I'm thirty-five. Yeah. So we'd be. I think Bex was mine growing up. I think. There wasn't anyone else really around, but he was one I. But certainly no emotional or spiritual role model, right? No. I, I, I didn't see love. I, I didn't grow up in a household where I saw a man. Uh, my my stepdad, amazing guy, like best stepdad I could have asked for. He didn't come into my life until I was about twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Like, some, somewhere around that age. So, but really, my 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 years of development, you know, as, as a young person, I didn't see, you know, a, 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 a father and a mother relationship and a parent relationship that mm-hmm. would have helped me otherwise. So. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. So you, you'll catch on to it. You know, you're, you're sorry, you'll catch on to a role model. Yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, right. And it's going to be a role model that might fill the biological, the the needs and changes of a man. And you're looking up to all these things, but no one's actually really spiritually or emotionally guiding you. It's not. Out, it's not out there. It just doesn't get the. It's out. It's there. Viral. Goes right. viral. Everyone's like. Why, why is everyone stringing this guy out with these young lads? And thirteen-year-old uh, Cole would probably have been the same. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would have been the same. I, I'm. I wouldn't be getting a harem of women fine about me. Why wouldn't I at thirteen? Right. right, exactly. And and I think why I I would say why wouldn't you? Because maybe there were, there wasn't a role model to tell you otherwise. Was, I think who was my role model at the time? It would have been Beckham. I think growing up. Was uh, my... That's a good question. I don't even know. We're the same age. I'm thirty-four. So I'm thirty-five. Yeah. So we'd be. I think Bex was mine growing up. I think. There wasn't anyone else really around, but he was one night. But certainly no emotional or spiritual role model, right? No. I, I, I didn't see love. I, I didn't grow up in a household where I saw a man, uh, my, my stepdad, amazing guy, like best stepdad I could have asked for. But he didn't come into my life until I was about 12 or 13. Yeah. Like, some, somewhere around that age. So but really my, my, my years of development, you know, as, as a young person, I didn't see, you know, a, 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 a father and a mother relationship and a parent relationship that mm-hmm. would have helped me otherwise. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. So you could catch on to it. You know, you're, you're, sorry, you're catch on to a role model. Yeah, somewhere else. Yeah. Right? And it's going to be a role model that might fill the biological, the, the needs and changes of a man and you're looking up to all these things, but no one's actually really spiritually or emotionally guiding you. It's not out, it's not out there. It just doesn't get the... It's out. It's there, but it just yeah. doesn't get the traction that it deserves because no, it sure. just doesn't it's just not sexy it's not cool is it it's not no no but then i'll tell you what isn't sexy or yeah. cool is men like being the majority of suicides in, in the world it doesn't get doesn't get spoke about is it like, oh, right so and, and you gotta think well how did that how did that how do mm. we get to that number like how, how is it that the majority of suicides are, are men right well like i mean that there's one path you didn't have the right role model spiritually mm. and emotionally you went down a route where eventually it just caught up with you i think men i think we need to well, what are women doing right? Um, and I've realized that women from a young age, young girls to young women, they start talking to each other yeah. quick. I'll tell you what, mate, you say yeah. something to your yeah. missus, yeah. her best friend will know about it the next day. They talk, yeah. they talk, they will, they, they will say the, everything that they've got on their mind or that's happening in their relationship. And for some reason they do that 
great from a really young age. They create their community and they discuss. And for some reason, maybe it's because of those, like, I guess, masculine attributes that we think we should have strong you know yeah it's the ego um, it's, it's the male it's the male ego is the yeah. downfall of all men exactly because like, it leads to my insecurities i'm an insecure mofo like yeah when i grew up i was this fat little dumpy poor kid with yeah. a really bad buck so if i look like yeah. like a rabbit that no one to adopt it was that yeah. bad and just been knocking back some carrots i was a horrific looking kid yeah and i'll always carry that yeah in yeah, my yeah. life now like whatever like i could be i could win bloody gq man the and i'd still be like who's this part yeah, of yeah, shit? yeah 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 and when you start hanging around with you see money, so money, money's, I think money's such an integral part of mm. the downfall of men. Mm-hmm. It's such, cause if you're not providing, you kind of deem mm-hmm. yourself as a failure, which mm-hmm. is not right. Mm. And then you go on, some of it's maybe most of my TikTok algorithms or whatever, but I'm on there and it's all these like 12 year old kids have made loads of money on crypto or Amazon FBA or whatever. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, I was like, I'm a fucking failure. Like, what am I, what's, why am I the one working like yeah. fucking 12 hour days? These kids are just doing these little like yeah. on Amazon. And I'm, the male ego is, for me, the biggest downfall of, of men. It's tough. Because no one, no one really talks about it, and everyone... It's uh, 100%. I, and it's I, again, it's it's about role models. It's about um, like being educated on the matter. And it's also about a perspective as well. Like we, we know that if you become... Or the statistics show that if you become rich or famous very young, you're kind of probably going to go down mm-hmm. a slightly different route. You haven't developed yourself neurologically to be able to deal with the capabilities of that comes with that. I don't wish it upon anyone to be rich and famous at a young age. I wouldn't want to have been, you know, because yeah. I know I would have gone down a different route 100% before I did all this, the, the work on myself. Um, I mean, I saw, I saw an Instagram video pop up yesterday. This one killed me. The guy said, if you're not rich and driving a Lamborghini in your 20s, you need to go and have a word with yourself. I think I've seen that. And I was like, what's this kid saying? How to- I mean, that is at, horrifically toxic. At what cost? Yeah. At what cost have you gone and got a Lamborghini in your 20s? You know, or... or it's just that's just the wrong and why that's come through on my algorithm I don't know we've got space in her algorithm as well she's putting me to the test yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's mad though isn't it it's yeah. like, it's no, just, no 100% and, it, and, it, and it's tough and uh, uh, we talked about this just before we, we kind of went live was I'm now in a really funny position because I was I was only good money um, I got furloughed uh, I was at home uh, I was taking all kinds of vices and doing all kinds of things in that, in that year, uh, that year off. And, uh, I then went back to work on like a reduced salary, kept kind of using my savings, all kinds of things. And then I set up a business and, uh, I have been earning or paying myself from this business. What I was probably earning when I was 24, Mm. 11 years ago, it's low. It pays the bills. But I made a sacrifice and I wanted to like, actually, I also wanted to embrace being an entrepreneur, like the struggles, because I learned that, you know, pressure creates, you know, that's diamonds. When that's when you're at your best. That's when you're at your best, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's been tough. Like, it's been really tough. Um, in fact, it's taken me through some few emotional journeys, but because I journal now and I meditate every morning and do yoga every morning, I can really kind of sit in the eye of the storm and be like, this is happening around you. It's not happening to you, right? So, uh, and then I met my girlfriend. What'd you mate? Uh, hinge. Oh, I met mine on Hinge. Yeah. Yeah, my rage is too far. She probably lives near you, actually. <laughs> I was, oh, I'm Brentford. <laughs> oh, where were you in Surrey? Oh, sorry. I was, um, I was born and raised near Farnham, Guildford. Oh, yeah, she's West Byfield. Uh, well, my, da- she my she dad lives in Weybridge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, funny um, one. So, yeah, so matched up. I, I'd been single for a year through this, you know, through that kind of like, like that, that dark period, right? I took, yeah. I took a year out on my own. It was all about working on myself. Um, and it, I was, it was 
just turned January 2022 and a mate of mine, he goes, hey, you got to get out there. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. I'm good. I'm turning into a grumpy old man. Yeah. I'm good. I'm happy on my own. He goes, mate, she's not going to knock at your door. You need to download Hinge. And I was on Hinge for a couple of days, matched with her. I sent him a picture. I was like, mate, this girl is... Did you go, did you go, did you go in first? Uh, or did she come in first? I went in first. Good boy, nice. I went, what was she in line? Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. It was high truffle. Truffle? Yeah. Because on her profile, it was like, got an obsession with truffle pasta. Favorite thing, truffle this. It was like truffle, truffle, truffle. And I said, hey, truffle, how are you? Nice. That, yeah, that got her. Uh, she's like, oh, you know, do you give a girl a nickname? And everything. I was like, yes, I do. No. <laughs> um, no, I actually hadn't. And it was the first time I did that. And we had such a good chat for like a, a few days. And then she was going to... Spain with her family and I was being really nice I was like look go have a really present moment with your family I don't want to distract you have a really great wholesome time speak to me when you're back she's gonna go for a week yeah. didn't hear from her again <laughs> <laughs> three months later um, she, I get a, a DM in my uh, Instagram she's like hey sorry I've been quiet how about that drink sweet uh, yeah, I was sitting on the sofa for three months waiting for that reply. <laughs> I'm there. Where are we <laughs> <laughs> With like a long beard. Please truffle come Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because there was definitely a moment where we were talking and, and that, that started where that felt something felt a bit different. And it turns out it has been. It's been an amazing year. But it's been an interesting year. And I'll go into it. She earns good money from in her own right. She's got her own business. She oh, cool. set it up in lockdown. She's She's on the up, she's flying, she's doing really well. I'm on the complete other end of the spectrum. <laughs> and like you said, I'm not able to pick up the bills that I was able to, yeah. to pick up or plan the trips abroad or do anything that I used to do. And I was only I was doing this only up until like a few years ago. So I was very used to spending money yeah. at drinks and, and bars and restaurants and, and and the odd trip, right? It's exciting, it's nice. Yeah. It's kind of chivalry slash a bit of like- Love a bit of chivalry, right? Slash a bit of like, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, whatever it might be. That's now kind of utterly reversed roles. And I am quite a manly man in a sense. Like I do have my pride and I do have, I know my ego's there. Um, and I know my insecurities are there as well. Like 100% I've got insecurities. I've had to learn to manage the situation as it is that she will be doing more and paying for more and doing the things that I wish I could do. And I have to sit mm. there and appreciate that just because I can't give her a monetary, yeah. like, like, um, input or, or, or value, I have to really appreciate and it, the values that I give her in other ways. And that's really important. If I, if I, listening from the outside perspective, you should be so secure in that because there, I've got a lot of successful friends mm. and they will always have this insecurity that the girls that they are with are with them because the money. they are rich. Yeah. And no matter how good looking they were or funny or charming, they yeah, yeah. always, whatever happens. Yeah, yeah it'll be an insecurity. So the fact that she's with you while you're like this, well, fuck knows what it'd be like when you sell the company for millions of pounds. Well, 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 I mean, she, I mean that's she, inc she, incredible. She, she, she's, she's, she's absolutely like worldly stunning. Um, and she's got like this amazing smile and eyes. And her, her previous partners, absolutely fine, have been insanely successful. Oh, really? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And then I'm here. <laughs> and I have to sit. And I've had so many moments in meditation in the mornings um, or in long walks. It's like where I felt so insecure as to what I'm up against previously. What is that insecure? What is, because my insecurity, like I said, has always mm. been, for some reason, it's been looks, it's been money. They're, they're my two main drivers that I have that I always struggle to overcome. So yeah, yeah. I have the same with my ex. Her ex was like a footballer. And it was... Yeah, yeah. Ex, my missus, her ex was a footballer. And it was like... 
just tell me who it is. Please just tell me who it is. Just tell me who it is. Yeah, yeah. Just tell me. I, I, I need to know who it fucking is. Yeah. But luckily, I was, I've never fucking heard Do you know what? I didn't fine. ask her who she it was, and that, she just dropped that, the name, and I was, in, I was driving, and I was like, Oh, yeah, she I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm went to me. She was like, Oh, yeah, no, I want to cut that. She's like, Men's health, fitness one. I'm like, Yeah, all oh, right, yeah. I didn't need to fucking know that, but uh, yeah, so, so, um, so all my insecurities, anyway, babe, sorry, no, 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 so all my insecurities were the same, yeah. It was looks and money, yeah, that was it, period. Um, luckily, before I met her, at some point, I realized that there are a lot of single, miserable. And unfortunately, like suicidal, rich, good-looking yeah. men. So, what am I valuing here? What am I valuing? Someone driving past me in a Lamborghini with whatever age, with a blonde, probably a prostitute, and he's got a coke addiction, and he's, you know, he's actually married with kids. You know, what am I? What am you know? Yeah. What am I aspiring to here? Right. So when you kind of put that into perspective and kind of have some some thoughts around it, and you think, well, actually, that doesn't. That's not necessarily who I want to be. Obviously, not necessarily who I don't want to be. So where's the value here? And I, I, I'm glad she had the access she had. Maybe 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 made her appreciate the. the, yeah, the if, if she'd want them people, she'd have them people. One hundred percent. And and she and she, I couldn't have got through this year because obviously it's all last year. You know, running a business for the first time and 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 being like the financial position that I've, I'm putting myself through. Um, and she's been so patient and supportive. And I need to keep reminding myself, but not too often that I bring her calm and I bring her love and I give her the cuddles and the, the attention that is really what is important because she doesn't actually need the money. Mm. Anyways, she's, she's doing well. She doesn't have my patience. She strikes me as someone that's not. That's not yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so that it, I, found, I, found a, I found a really good soulmate, partner um, to kind of get me, certainly get me through this phase and also to, to learn a bit about myself. Because if I can get myself through this in terms of, you know, my insecurities, my egos, I'm good. I think I'm good moving forward because it can only go up from here. 100%. Um, and uh, yeah, well, we're a year in. Well done, mate. So maybe I still have this. Bloody engagement rail, <laughs> say, weren't they, mate? <laughs> no pressure. Oh, God. She won't, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Well, that, she, yeah, she will. Oh, um, this is an interesting conversation, actually, and, and that's a, this is a male pressure, right? I've been engaged. Uh, okay. I, I was, and I broke up with that engagement now. But it does give you a bit of a warp. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, I don't know. I've, I've, I've got mixed views on marriage, so, so I've come from a broken home. Right. So okay. So wait, I can relate. So yeah. I've come from a broken home. My mum's been married, I think, three times. My mm. dad's been married four. Yeah. Right, so I've never seen uh, um, like uh, what would you what would be I guess then. Ideological construct yeah. of a family home. I've never seen it. I've never breathed it. Right. So I began to realize that well, that that's bullshit. Surely you've said vows like seven times between you you two, right? Um, and and I haven't I haven't I didn't I didn't, I didn't understand it. So I, and and my views were, you know, if I love you so much, and why do I need to get like the law involved? <laughs> you know? oh, I completely agree. But like, it, it comes across terribly, and I oh, I, I felt awful because it's like. I want to spend the rest of my life with you is because I don't necessarily agree. I think it's a bit yeah, yeah. I think it's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I own you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, you're mine. You can take my name. Right, right. Uh, yeah, well, okay, we're going to talk about this name conversation as well. Yeah. And we're talking about like other things. Um, anyway, so it's, yeah, I don't, but she's so traditional. She's wonderfully mm. traditional. I love it. And she's like so pure in in, in that sense. And, and she's, and, and that's a really good thing for me actually to kind of find home, yeah. you know, um, or find, uh, yeah, something that I perhaps didn't necessarily see or have. But she, um, yeah, she obviously she's she's yeah she's twenty eight, turning twenty nine soon. She's, you're talking about marriage, 
you want to get engaged and kids and, I, and I'm sitting there in, in the position that I'm in. And that put that put me recently under like internal. It's, it's a massive pressure, isn't it? It's huge, huge, huge pressure. Yeah. Huge pressure because it, it felt like she was, she, she was just talking about the future and she was, mm. um, yeah, she was just getting excited, right? But it kind of get, kept, kept going on and on and on. And I started to feel myself like closing in internally. And I was like, but I can't provide that, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna be able to like buy you a ring anytime soon. Uh, she's talking about her forever home. What does she want? Like two bed and <laughs> two bed and one. <laughs> like, what, do you, what do you want over here? Uh, and then she's talking about like kids and and I'm and, and I started to like I felt repressed and and wasn't her. That's just all. It's all. And I think that's what how I forget. It's, no, it's nothing to do with them. It is us. It's yeah, us. yeah. Like, yeah. I, want, I want to be around when my dad wasn't around. Yeah, I want to be there. I want to be in a financial situation where I don't mm. have to go to work and I can be there for the kids and be yeah. there for her to let her follow her dreams and follow mm. her career. Mm. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it, it's terrifying. It's just, it's just terrifying, but it's never meant to... I think they should never... Because I, I do generally feel that marriage generally has always been something that is more of a woman's mm. thing. I don't... God, I'm going to get ambassador for that, but it always feels like it's that something... Yeah, it's their like, day. My mates generally would be like, I want to get married. It's not really like a thing. It's not uh, like a blokey thing, is it? Like, uh, no. I thought the pie. Um, <laughs> I, I would say that... Um, it, it the emphasis and 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 the star of the day and the sh is, yeah. is 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 the bride. It's just so yeah. much money in it. Just, like, yeah, yeah, that. right. I could put that money in such good use. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I and I that was a moment recently where I had to really think about why I was getting stressed out by that, and it was just a ego and insecurity, yeah. insecurity. Period. And have you spoke about that? Oh, you have I now. spoke about or it. you have now anyway. <laughs> on the, on the we'll talk about this when uh, when <laughs> yeah. you finish the end of this podcast. Um, no, no, I spoke I spoke about it with her straight away. I just said like the conversation's moved, and I'm feeling a little bit stressed by it. It's not um, a good conversation. It's not a nice conversation, right? Oh, which it, what is? Yeah, uh, you know um, it, what is, and and this is the thing. Another thing with men, you know, especially if you've got a, a good a, a good um, a partner that you can open up to, you use, do it. Like take advantage of having those uncomfortable, awkward conversations with the person you trust the most in the most, you know, private environment. I think it's Johnny, I think it comes back to, because I think inherently we we want to protect them. Mm. That's our inherent nature is mm. to protect them. So we feel by offloading our problems onto them, mm -hmm. mm. we're not protected. We're no longer the protector. And right. sometimes shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. yeah. Like I've just started in therapy because of my whole family, like, oh, you need to just talk to some people about yeah, some stuff because yeah, yeah. you've got a lot going on. You need to like yeah. just real risk of burning out and that's a real low point so, and I think that's that's my my missus always like talk to me talk to me and I was like I do want to but it's just I don't know what it is is it insecurity is it fear is it embarrassment yeah, yeah. I don't know it's something you mix all of the above yeah. all of the above and, and even more so right going back to like our, our genetic yeah. kind of like um, state of I don't know purpose is, is to like you're supposed to be the one that stands by the you know the cave entrance and defends yeah. against you know whatever comes comes your way the lions the tigers and, and bring home like the food and all of a sudden, you're telling her that you, you you're vulnerable, you're scared emotionally, um, and you have got these insecurities, and in, you know, you know, outside of the walls that you're in and in your home, and you worry that that's then therefore not attractive. Yeah, you know, it's that, a weakness. They're going to look elsewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not the you're not the biological mate that I thought you know I was going to have here, or emotional. Because but, what yeah. they forget, we want to be the, the ultimate partner. And I think mm. sometimes what they forget, and it's mm. I know I want to be the best partner I can possibly be in mm. every single possibly way, you know, emotionally, morally, mm. spiritually, mm. financially, mm. physically. It's fucking stressful. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to cover all those bases. Oh. All of them. And then you inherently start with the easy ones, like stuff like going to the gym or whatever. Yeah. Like that's a cathartic, it's a mental release. Yeah. But the other stuff, the morals and the ethics and the spiritualized stuff, it's, that's a, I find that stuff a lot harder sometimes sure. just because it's... I'm out so much and it's 100% it's difficult like, uh, you've got to 
tend to your own garden, right? And you've got to decide what you're going to plant to grow. And I realized that I could easily do, I could easily kind of go to the gym and I could easily go to work and do this. And I could easily go and pretend to be that guy and this guy and go and do all that. But I, I was like, well, where's your values and morals coming from? Like, are you like having any moments where you're sort of like reflecting upon things? And the answer was no. So I put those at the beginning of my day. You know, I wake up every morning, I do 20 minutes yoga, I do 10 minutes of meditation, and I do five minutes journaling every day really? without fail. First two hours of the day of the 16 hour day, that's all mine. What do you journal? Just like... Um, so uh, I do I do my gratitudes. It's just five gratitudes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to re- like, you have to really th- go to the the intricacies of, of, of something that you're grateful for. Like really enjoyed that talk with Colin today. Honestly, it was just, you know, it was powerful and it's emotional and it was, it was great to like, um, to open up. And then you got, I do five of those and then I do five mantras. This is quite an interesting one. It's just like five ways of how I see myself. I want to live. It's like live with grace and gratitude, um, give love and accept love, always be present, be calm mm-hmm. and kind, be patient and understanding. And I actually, weirdly, it sounds ridiculous. You write that down enough, you actually start having these mantras going around in your head all day. And when things come up, you're like, no man, come and be present. You know, yeah. those things. And then I'm left on an eight, this is a little a notebook. Um, then I'm left with about half an A5 page to scribble. You just write how you feel. Just honestly, you could be like, today I'm actually feeling um, a little bit sad because I had an argument with, um, you know, my girlfriend about this situation. And then you start to really weirdly self-analyze and reflect upon yourself. And that's one of the best things to do because you then say, um, I think I felt that way because actually I had a bit of an insecurity around that. Um, but I'm going to detect it later and I'll apologize and explain it, right? And you start doing that on paper, your brain will start doing that in conversation and you'll start to pick up your the cues and be able to kind of go through that loop to rectify things a lot more quickly and a lot more. You're much like, better man than me. I'll just draw Willies and I've got a blank piece of paper and a pen. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> we're kidding, all of us. Um, no, no, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'll share you, I'll share, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this after, but like, it, it honestly, it's such a little practice every day. It's like, it's just a slight a bit of watering of the garden every yeah. day. And then I could go to the gym, I get that bit out of the way, and then I go to work, but I really kind of like laid the foundations in those first two hours. And, uh, and, that, and, and do you know what's something that's always on my mind? It's like, why do I have to do this? Yeah. Why me? Why do I have to journal and meditate every morning just to like stay sound and not basically fuck up my day? Because if I don't, I would do... You're also... just looking after yourself. That's right, right. But there's so many people you look at and then you're like, you don't have to do that. I think you'd be surprised. I think yeah, I people think... like that have got real inner demons who you look at them and they think totally they, they agree. have everything you could possibly want. Like totally. Supercars or... Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or yeah. And I'm like, they are fucking miserable. Yeah, yeah. They are no, I totally agree. But uh, I would say that um It's just what we see. It's just what we see. And yeah, exactly. And 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 I think just talking about it with, with everyone. I'm, I'm, it's funny because, you know, it, it's funny how my identity's changed. You know, in the twenties I was this particular person because I've now doing this, your identity's changed and now I'm that type of person. Um and because I am that type of person that talks about like meditation and yoga mm. and, and, and and journaling, it's an open conversation with mates now. Yeah. And, it, and it's great. And then you'd be surprised how many people say, Oh yeah, I do meditation. I do meditate as well. It's like yeah, I could do. Why do you oh, talk about I'll, that? I've just got really bad ADHD. I just, I've got really bad. I struggle to yeah, yeah. focus on anything. Start small. Yeah, a little. Start like. small. But yeah, it's 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 um it's a journey. I don't think I'm not. I don't. It will never be complete. There's yeah. no end goal here at all. Um, it's uh, riding this wonderful wave of life. Um, we got to stop thinking that we can do it alone. Like that's the first thing anybody that's listened to this that hasn't reached out to anybody or or wants to talk to anybody about anything. We are only here for a finite period of time. You are a fool to think that you can do anything alone. It can only be done like with others and together. And you've got to release that. You've got to let that out. You've got to talk. 
100% to anyone. And if anyone doesn't feel like they've got anyone to talk, find me on LinkedIn, drop me a message. I'll write that, mate. Yeah. We'll put a little link in the podcast thing. Yeah. Um, so bring it towards a close now because we've been, been chat's gone on for a while, mate. We smashed this. We've done really well. Half time. Yeah, it's done really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, you probably heard it on my podcast, but it's a question I like to ask people because it's a fucking great question. And that's what you find a bag of crisps. So you're in the shop. God, let's call it any shop, but they've got any packet of crisps you can possibly have. And we've had some, I will judge you on your crisps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is probably the most important question I've ever been asked. It's important, mate. Uh, so, uh, firstly, I'm not a big snacker. Okay. But when I go to that aisle, there is only one thing that I grab. There's a kid in, there's still a kid in me. I have to grab the barbecue hula hoops. Oh, banger. Stick them on the fingers. You've got to <laughs> sit there on the TV. Absolutely banger. They, they, I just, I can't, and, and you know, what, I'll go in and I'll look at the sensations. I'll look at the fancy crisps, yeah. right? I'll be like, yeah, yeah, no, that's cool, that's cool. Nah, it's barbecue hula hoops. So Mrs. Goes, actually, I'll get you some crisps for dinner party. You come back with some barbecue hula hoops. Yeah, yeah. We were driving back the other day and she pulled, we pulled over, had to get a big bag of barbecue hula hoops. Yeah, she, pack, it's, it's nice, but it's the texture. Ju- yeah. I really like the texture. There's uh, a proper crunch to them. Uh, absolutely. And she, she was like tucking in. I was like, don't you dare finish that part. <laughs> no, I will pull over for this car. What, is, she, is she a barbecue hula hoop girl? Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, I'm about to, oh, someone said Quavers. I was like, you, Quavers? I was like, get out of my podcast. No. Quavers. No, 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 no. But I've, I've started yeah. using it now in everything I do. So I, I, we had a business pitch for a bank like, to do their bank monitoring work, mm. like uh, Savannah. Like, quite posh. Like, it was a, like you know, mm. it's not it's just me rocking up. And I, I, was like, I was proper casual in the meeting as well. <laughs> I, was, like, I was quite nonchalant. You'd be you. And, um, I was like, lads, I've got a really important question. And they're like, yeah, go on. I was like, what's your favorite bag of crisps? And they looked at me like I was an absolute nutter. But then they loved it. And then the next day, we sent them, the bo- we sent them a box each of their favorite crisps. Oh. And then got signed up. So it works for me. It's a really good question. Hey, like, be real. Like, take it with you, mate. If you take anything from today, it's that. I mean, that just goes to show that everyone in the room is all kind of a, being stiffer than they really want to be. Yeah. Just take like, someone like real that, yeah. to come in like you and just like, just break those barriers down. I'm so short. And this has been a moment that I will never forget. So I appreciate it. Thank you, mate. You've been amazing. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, guys, I'll put all Charlie's details down. Um, I look forward to hearing about the app. Mm. And yeah, um, yeah, give the guy a follow. And yeah, wonderful. Thanks. Cheers, man. Appreciate it.